Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Bloom and Bounty, where we're celebrating the beauty and diversity of agriculture while exploring the stories of those who have shaped its landscape. I'm Karina, or KB, your host, and today, as part of our very special Black History Month series, we're diving deep into the life and contributions of a true pioneer, Dr. Booker T. Watley, the visionary behind the modern community-supported agriculture movement. Ooh, I feel like I have to take the biggest exhale because I know the responsibility I have to do this episode right. And as I've been reflecting this week on Rooted Reflections, our segment that we always do at the top of the episode, I've been reflecting on this importance of honoring the trailblazers who have paved the way for innovation in agriculture. And also this week, something huge happened. We harvested a lot of our farm and I'll be telling you more about that in the next coming weeks. So stay tuned, please. Um, but I cannot, um, go on any longer without telling you about Dr. Watley's Booker T. Watley's story, because it's going to serve as a powerful reminder of the transformative impact that individuals can have on shaping the future of farming. And you, you're just going to see so many parallels and I'm, I'm really excited to dive into it. So one of the things that I want to start with before we go all the way into it is although this this story about him and what he's done for the agricultural community and farming definitely has shaped it. I mean, I see so much of that groundwork he did um, and how we and where we are today. Um, but I have to tell you something like, can we be honest with each other? I've it's been frustrating, to say the least, with creating an episode around him. Not. He's an amazing individual and I, I want to say it's been frustrating because I hoped for more information about him and there wasn't much. Oh, that's very, that's the Excel that you, you, you heard earlier. That's the frustration that I've had. It felt like a highlight reel. All the information that I kept coming up and finding about him felt like a highlight reel and I hoped for more information about him and there wasn't much. I wanted interviews, written and video formatted interviews and I couldn't really find anything. I found one, but why isn't there more? Was Booker T. Watley a private man? Did he decline interviews or did race have something to do with it? The reality is we don't know but he was a black man doing pioneering work in a community where he may not have been welcomed by non-black farmers. And you know what? He deserves his flowers because think of all the farmers around the world that have adopted what Booker T. Watley called clientele membership service. We call this CSA today. So I hope before you continue listening, share this episode because it's going to be a good one. So pause, share an episode with a friend that's 
that's like all about this <laughs> and wants to learn about someone they haven't heard about before and share it. And I, I have to tell you, it's going to be good. All right, let's go. This episode is proudly sponsored by KB and Bloom, a beacon of support and inspiration for BIPOC women seeking wellness and lifestyle content that resonates with their experiences. As you dive into the stories and reflections in Bloom and Bounty, remember that each episode is made possible by the unwavering support of KB and Bloom. Whether you're turning in for the farming tales, the creative insights, or a moment of introspection, KB and Bloom stands as a steadfast companion, cultivating connections and growth. Explore the site for yourself at kbandbloom.com, a treasure trove of articles, affirmations, and content crafted with your journey in mind. Now let's ease on back into this week's episode. We're back. I am feeling amazing. I have my tea. I just want to say that thank you for allowing the space for me to say what needed to be said. I I thought it was my duty to be honest and needed to and I needed to be really real with y'all about the difficulties and and finding information about a person that's so huge and so important in the agricultural space and we need to talk about him more. Um, and I am tr trying to be a small piece of the puzzle to doing that. Um, but I, I really think that before we talk about all of his amazing research and the things that he believed in, I feel like we need to start with his background. Now, Booker T. Watley was born in 1915 and he emerged from humble beginnings on a farm in Alabama where he witnessed firsthand the the challenges faced by black farmers in an era of declining small-scale agriculture. But he was determined to make this difference, so he pursued studies in agricultural science at Alabama A&M University and a doctorate in horticulture from Rutgers University, laying the groundwork for a lifelong journey where he was going to dedicate his life to empowering farmers and revolutionizing farming practices. Now, after serving in the Korean War, he operated over there in his time at the, in the Korean War, a hydroponic farm to feed the troops. Now, when he returned home, he joined the faculty at Tuskegee University in Alabama. And it was here that he began to develop his groundbreaking ideas for revitalizing small farms and creating these sustainable, I would say, agricultural systems. Now, when I tell you it was so difficult to spot a interview with him, it was so difficult to find one online. I spent weeks and this episode almost didn't happen, if I'm being truly honest. But I discovered this rare interview excerpt from 1982. It was transcribed, so maybe it was recorded, but I couldn't find anything of it. But I found this excerpt. Uh, like I said, from 1982, where Dr. Rotley shares his insights on his innovative small farm plan. All right, I'm going to go into it now. Mm -hmm. 
Now, Dr. Watley's visionary approach to farming emphasized things like diversity, sustainability, community engagement, which led to laying the foundation for what we now know as Community Supported Agriculture, or CSA. His concept of clientele membership clubs revolutionized the way farmers interacted with their communities, fostering these strong bonds and mutual support. Give this man his flowers. All right. He talks about so many good things. This interview that I discovered was like, oh, finally something so good. I read the whole thing. And like I said, there's so many good gems he dropped within this interview. And the section, specifically the section that I want to spend time on and highlight is one where he's talking about his plan. This plan where it's the title of the book of grossing $100,000 on a 25 acre farm. It's based on a project he did at Tuskegee Institute in Alabama. Um, and someone talking about this in the 80s, that had to be mind blowing. I'm just, I mean, mind blowing information. I mean, if I were the interviewer, I would just be like, say what? <laughs> because as we reveal or as I'll reveal, you'll, you'll know that there was a little bit of hesitancy with adopting his beliefs. I just have to say, if someone has information on if this was recorded video format, if there's a YouTube, if there's something on it, please send it my way. Drop the links, tag me at kb.inbloom. I just, I would love to watch him talk about this. Booker T. Watley's plan for a 25 acre farm that grosses over $100,000 a year at that time challenged the conventional wisdom that small farms can't thrive independently. He criticized the approach of mimicking large scale farming methods on smaller plots, which often leads to meager returns and financial struggles for smaller farmers. Instead, Watley advocated for a paradigm shift towards diversification and focusing on high value crops that tailored to local conditions and markets. Now, this is the part where it was really good because I believe this is an excerpt from the book. Full transparency, I don't have that book, but in this interview, I feel like this was part of what he was going to put in that book. And that is the five key criteria for success. Crop income. Now, he believed that each crop component must generate a minimum annual gross income of 3000 per acre. We're talking about, these are the steps to what he was saying. If you want to gross a hundred thousand a year on the 25 acre farm, you got to evaluate your crop income or in your crop component must generate a minimum annual gross income of 3000 per acre by prioritizing high value crops like collards locally found in his town and berries over traditional crops like cotton, farmers can significantly increase their revenue potential. Now I'm going to make a comment after each point. So what I got from that is his emphasis on, on high value crops like collards and berries. It's important to reevaluate traditional crop choices to maximize profitability by focusing on crops with higher returns per acre, farmers can significantly increase their earning potential and build a more sustainable farm business. And that's what we want, right? Another point he made as a part of this five step to, to success is 
He believed the farm must provide this year-round family income through a diverse mix of crops with staggered harvest season. He said that this ensures consistent cash flow and reduces the risk associated with seasonal fluctuations in agricultural markets. I have to say that his strategy of diversifying crops with staggered harvest seasons is a game changer for small scale farmers. Ensuring this year round income not only stabilizes cash flow, but also mitigates the risk associated with seasonal market fluctuations, providing greater financial security for farming families, which is what so many families probably at the time needed. This was brilliant advice. Number three is compatibility. Now in the interview, I was like, okay, I started to really go, hmm. <laughs> he said that crop components should complement rather than compete with each other for labor and resources. Wally emphasizes the importance of selecting crops that align with each other's labor requirements and market demand to maximize efficiency and profitability. The concept of compatibility, meaning the farm should give the family who runs it enough work all year so they don't need to work other jobs. If they use their time and skills well, the farm can help them make enough money to live on without needing extra jobs. This means the farm can support the family's life in a good and lasting way. I like the way that sounds. Pick your own operation. Now, this is the one we probably can visualize the easiest because we see it when we go to blueberry farms, pick your own blueberries, your own strawberries, your own flowers, or when there are people that you know that pick up their subscription box from the farm and what's in season that spring, summer, or fall. Um, but he believed in implementing a pick your own operation with a clientele membership club, which enables farmers to bypass traditional marketing and distribution channels, reducing the cost and ensuring a steady market for their produce. This was such an innovative approach and it fostered direct engagement with consumers and it built this loyal customer base, which is so essential for long-term success on your farm as a small farmer. Now, in his own words, I just had to say this quote when he was being asked about the clientele membership club at the time, people were aware of your pick your own operation, but this new concept clientele membership club, tell me more. And in his words, he said, it should be a pick your own operation with a clientele membership club. You see, running the farm on a pick your own basis eliminates the two major complaints of small growers, no labor and no market. It lets the farmer avoid the cost of harvesting, washing, grading, packing, packaging, refrigerating, and transporting the produce. And it brings in buyers. He said, more than once I've run across a farmer with five acres of turnip greens who's just sitting there complaining that there's no market for the crop. Wouldn't it be easy to get folks to pay for the chance to pick it? Think about this for a second. The implementation of a pick your own operation with a clientele membership represents a transformative approach to marketing and distribution in agriculture. By directly engaging with consumers and offering them the opportunity to harvest their own produce, farmers can cultivate a loyal customer base and forge meaningful connections that extend beyond the transactional nature of traditional markets. By letting people pick their own fruits and veggies and joining this special club, farmers can sell their produce directly to customers without using a middleman, which saves you money and makes sure that you always have buyers. This is a cool idea 
at the time, but it wasn't really implemented yet. And it's something that is normalized now. Today, we see it everywhere. And we have Booker T. Watley to thank. We have Booker T. Watley to thank for all of the, the boost of income that so many farmers need and want to keep everything running every season. I am just, wow. I'm buying flowers today in his honor. <laughs> thank you, Booker T. Watley. Just wow. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, Watley's vision challenging conventional agricultural practices by emphasizing diversification, sustainability, and direct consumer engagement is, I can imagine, mind-blowing information at the time. Um, And there are so many thriving farm businesses that came out of this practice, and we cannot forget who to thank for that. So thank you, Booker T. Watley, Dr. Watley. Oh my gosh, I don't know how you feel, but knowing that is 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 just made my my week and to by creating this episode is just made my week and I thank you guys so much for for all that I've received in terms of support and the listens. I can barely get my words out um because it has been so important to me to get the to get the information out about what I'm speaking on every week. But for the Black History Month series, I've just been, it's set me in a different space and and it's and it's synergizing and it's just reminding me of the importance of remembering where things come from, where they derive from. And um I, I, when I was looking over this interview, I want to close out now with a powerful quote from Dr. Booker T. Watley himself. And it goes a little something like this. The components of the farm must be compatible. They shouldn't compete with each other for labor. And you don't want anything coming or everything coming in at once. Ooh. And that's it for today's episode on Bloom and Bounty. Join us next time as we delve into more fascinating stories and insights from the world of agriculture and to eventually get back to what's going on in our farm. Um, until then, keep blooming and thanks for listening. And remember, you need you. Bloom and Bounty is brought to you by KB and Bloom and the Bloom Media Group. Follow this podcast to stay connected as weekly episodes are released and follow KB and Bloom on all social accounts. Go to kbandbloom.com for more info.